What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach & Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Friday, December 2nd. I'm Trevelle Anderson. And I'm Priyanka Arabindi, and this is What A Day, where we now find ourselves deep in the heart of peppermint latte season. I'm still on Team Hot Chocolate. Can y'all stop putting candy and stuff into my hot drinks? Wait, do you like a peppermint hot chocolate, or are you just a purist? I'm a red-blooded American, okay, <laughs> Priyanka? I love regular hot chocolate. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> On today's show, an appeals court shut down the special master review of documents seized from Mar-a-Lago. Plus, Elon Musk is working on another business venture. This one involves putting chips into human brains. No, thank you. No, thanks. But first, an important update in the journey to getting my and maybe your student loan debt forgiven. As we know, earlier this year, President Biden announced a plan to forgive up to $20,000 for millions of people with federal student loans. But there have been a number of legal challenges to the plan, putting the whole thing in limbo. And now, as many of us expected, the student loan forgiveness program is headed to the Supreme Court. Yesterday, the justices agreed to decide whether the Biden administration can institute its debt forgiveness plan. The case has been put on an unusually fast track as arguments will be heard in February. In the meantime, though, the Supreme Court has left in place an injunction blocking the program's implementation. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit more about the case that got us here? Yeah. So like I said, there are a number of legal challenges out there to the forgiveness program, but perhaps the most serious one is the suit filed by six GOP-led states, Nebraska, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, and South Carolina, also known as South Kakalaki. It's their case that the Supreme Court will be deciding on, in which the states say that Biden's loan forgiveness plan would deprive them of future tax revenue and that he would be overstepping his authority. The Biden administration asserts that they do have the authority to do this because of the HEROES Act of 2003, which allows the education secretary to waive regulations related to student loans during times of war or national emergency. We are still under a national emergency declaration since the onset of the pandemic in March 2020, a declaration, by the way, that was announced by Donald Trump. And so while the courts are doing what they do, the administration has stopped accepting applications for the loan forgiveness program. But out of the 26 million they received before that closure, 16 million applications, including mine, have already been processed and approved. We all, however, have to wait and see if the debt relief will really come until the Supreme Court makes its decision. In light of this, the pause on payments for federal student loans was extended yet again until June. So theoretically, we will have some kind of final answer to this saga by then. Yeah, I hope. And I mean, I hope it's the answer that all 26 million of these people are looking for. I mean, like what's happening here? I mean, through no fault of the Biden administration, I don't blame them for this. It's GOP led states that are kind of putting up the roadblock here. Think of the consequences of if 26 million people were told by the government that, oh, this will happen. You fill out this. Like if you are approved, we will forgive Mm -hmm. X amount of your loan debt. 
and then it just never happens. Like the GOP-led states know exactly what they're doing Absolutely. by putting up a roadblock. And if this doesn't happen, like this is the kind of thing that shatters people's confidence in what government can do for them, mm-hmm. disillusions them with our government in general. And obviously I believe that student debt should be forgiven, but also like this is terrifying because it could, it could ruin participation in our democracy for a generation. It really could. Absolutely. It's terrifying to think about. But anyways, want to switch gears a little bit, something a little lighter, but also has heavy moments in there too, I guess. <laughs> uh, but many of us, including all of us here on WAD, had some time off for the holiday last week. And we have spent this week kind of easing ourselves back into our daily routines and the daily grind of work. And you know how it is when you get to have, you know, some time away from your regular work schedule. I feel like we have a little bit more of a capacity to kind of consider our routines in general, zoom out a little bit, consider what's working for us and what isn't, all of which kind of fits right in with the topics covered on Crooked's brand new podcast, Work Appropriate. It's a workplace advice show that covers a whole range of topics ranging from, you know, basic quandaries, like how do I get my boss to stop texting me after hours? Some of the bigger, more systemic issues in our workplaces and in our world. Tribell and I got to interview the host of Work Appropriate and Helen Peterson in Cricket's LA studio. It was a really fascinating and fun conversation that we want to share with all of you. So we started by asking her how exactly she got into the business, so to speak, of talking about work. I burnt out and then I wrote about it. So about four years ago, because I remember the real lead up to it was the last midterm elections. I was going just full blast. I was working for BuzzFeed News at the time, just traveling a ton, reporting a ton, working all the time and couldn't figure out like, oh, the midterms are over and I took a spa day. And why do I feel still so flat and like just mad at everyone all the Mm -hmm. time? And started digging into that and ended up writing this essay about how millennials became the burnout generation, which went viral and turned into a book. And the process of turning it into a book really gave me the space to read and think a ton about how did work get the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're saying so many things that I feel like we want to follow up on. Absolutely. But I'm going to stay on topic here. <laughs> Someone on Twitter recently described your podcast as something like, you know, a podcast version of the late night radio host Delilah, but for people with work problems. <laughs> and, you know, many of the conversations you've had on the pod are kind of taken from these listener submitted questions that they have problems, issues in their workplaces. So what are some of the things that people have been asking you about? Oh, my gosh. So we have this Google form, right, that, like, you can just go to workappropriate.com on the Cricket site, and you can just fill it out. And you can be as anonymous as you want to be. And some of the stuff is just, like, I have a lot of degrees. I get paid barely enough to survive. I love my work. My workplace itself is really toxic. What do I do, right? Do I quit my job? Do I quit my industry? How do I, like, where do we go from Mm -hmm. here? Like, those sorts of things. Wow. Tackling some big questions there (laughs) all sorts so there's so many good ones but then also what do you do about it do you find that like the answers that y'all are coming up with on the podcast does it feel the same does it feel similar because i feel like these conversations around work we're all talking about it right we're all talking about how you know we hate our jobs or that like our jobs are asking too much of us but not paying us you know appropriately we've been talking about quiet quitting quote unquote on the pod endlessly (laughs) listen it's 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 a a mess. mess it's a mess um I think if I like duplicated myself, then I didn't have like a chorus <laughs> right. of people being like, "Quit that job." You know, sometimes that's my impulse. It's like 
as that shit is toxic, get out of there. Um, <laughs> and my producer Melody and I have been really mindful about trying to find people who have slightly different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or just like come to different issues from um, a different mindset. So like we have people who aren't white ladies like me when the question comes from someone who is a person of color. Mm-hmm. And they're like, here, this is where your options are in this situation. And that's why I love having a co-host who can really come at a question from a different identity perspective than what I would come from. Totally. I want to follow up really quickly on one of the scenarios that you were describing. And it's the scenario that so many people I know are in. It's the one where it's like you have the degrees, you spent a long time getting really good at whatever your subject area expertise is. You work for someplace that pays you way less than you should be making, Mm -hmm. like way less than you need to survive and live comfortably. Like, how do you even have advice for these people? Like, how do you come up with what to tell them? Yeah, and I think that sometimes you need a good mix of people like me who've left situations like that, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was academia or media or whatever, and um, people who have tried to stay in them and reform. One problem, I think, especially with stuff like nonprofits and with media, right, is that the more that people stay in those positions at levels of pay that are below, mm-hmm. like, survival, it makes those positions sustainable only for people who are partnered, Mm -hmm. only for people who have family money. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of nonprofit employers would say like, well, this is just our budget and wonder when they look around and they're like, oh, why is everyone that works at this organization a white woman Mm -hmm. who has a husband who makes them the most income, right? And why do we have these DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion problems? If you can look at your organization and say, maybe (laughs) we need to think about how we reorganize the way that we think about pay within this organization. Maybe we need to do less so that the people who we have here can get paid a sustainable wage. And those are bigger picture, harder conversations, but also when you stay there and suffer, you're sustaining right. the if way things You're are. suffering and like so is everybody yes. who is in your yeah. industry and following you, everybody. Right. right. Well, and that's also why I think you see a lot of energy towards unionizing, not only in places like Amazon and Starbucks, but mm-hmm. also like museum workers are unionizing en masse right now. Yeah. I just feel like we're in a moment, right, where people are reassessing their relationships mm-hmm. to their jobs. Regular listeners of our show will also know that like the economic outlook is, you know, not looking that Great. And so that might make you think differently about your relationship with your job. I'm wondering, though, if you feel like this new moment in conversation we're having about our relationship to work is going to stick. (sighs) Well, this is the problem, right, is that I think we reach this moment of like slight employee power Mm -hmm. with a a strong job market. And then... (laughs) (laughs) then there's this incredible pushback that's like, oh, any sort of power that you had that is undercut by the fact that like we're in an unstable economy. And this is, I think, especially true for people who are Gen Z, who are millennials, who are younger Gen Xs. It just feels like this has been our lives over and over again. Get like some sort of stability and then have it undercut. It really is difficult. I think that smart employers are thinking about sustainability. Losing people costs a lot of money. People working so hard that they have to take unexpected mental health leave or unexpected physical health leave. And so either you figure out how to make work more sustainable on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly level, or you set yourself up for that sort of disruption. That was our conversation with Anne Helen Peterson. She hosts Crooked's Work Appropriate Podcast, which drops new episodes every Wednesday. If you have a burning question about work that you'd like to hear her tackle, we will have a link to get you in touch in our show notes. (music) 
Now let's get to some headlines. Headlines. Survivors of the Uvalde school shooting sued law enforcement agencies in Texas yesterday over their response to the massacre, which left 19 children and two teachers dead. The class action lawsuit seeks $27 billion, with victims saying they suffered psychological trauma because officers took too long to confront the gunmen. This is just one of many lawsuits in connection with the shooting. Earlier this week, families of the victims who were killed filed a federal suit against the maker of the firearm that was used by the shooter, as well as the guns store that sold it to him. They accuse the gun maker of intentionally marketing its products to, quote, violent young men and say the gun shop ignored red flags about the shooter. That lawsuit seeks $6 billion in damages. Yeah, $6 billion is a lot of money, but like there is no limit in my mind to the damages that these companies and these people have inflicted. Like that number, it would never be high enough, in my opinion. Remember the so-called special master who was appointed to independently review the classified documents seized from Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago? Well, he's about to get a lot more free time because a federal appeals court ruled on Thursday that the judge handling the case was wrong to grant Trump's request for a special review of those documents. The three-judge panel wrote that allowing the target of a search warrant to request such a review sets a bad precedent and that courts shouldn't make exceptions for Trump just because he is a former president. It's a big win for the Justice Department because it clears the way for investigators to actually use the seized documents in its criminal probe. The ruling will take effect next Thursday, though Trump's legal team could appeal. Of course they could. I mean, he even knows who's on that legal team anymore, so <laughs> I go right ahead. Do whatever you want. The Senate passed legislation yesterday that would block the looming nationwide rail strike. It comes just one day after the House approved the measure, which effectively forces rail workers' unions and freight companies to accept a new labor deal. Progressives tried to pass a separate bill that would have given workers one week of paid sick leave, but they didn't have enough votes in the Senate to keep it alive. The measure without sick leave now heads to Biden's desk. He's expected to sign it as early as today. I mean, every single one of these senators knows how critical railways are to our country's infrastructure, but like they don't care enough about the people running these railways and making it happen day after day to give them sick leave and like the protections they deserve at work. So that speaks volumes. A man who previously sentenced himself to being Matt Gaetz's friend has now been sentenced to prison. The uh, Matt Gaetz to prison pipeline. We have to see it. One-time Florida tax collector Joel Greenberg got 11 years yesterday after pleading guilty to crimes that included sex trafficking of a 17-year-old girl. According to the federal judge overseeing the case, Greenberg has cooperated extensively with the government as part of his plea deal, which could be bad news for Representative Matt Gates, who was the subject of an investigation by the Department of Justice himself. Greenberg has told federal authorities that he witnessed Gates have sex with the 17-year-old girl in question here. Gates has yet to be charged with anything, and he was re-elected by members of the Party of Family Values just last month. Just last month. And they do it again. Like, spoiler alert, they don't care. Ironic. Right. If your reaction to Elon Musk's management of Twitter is, I wish he had access to my skull, you're in luck. The world's richest and loudest man gave a presentation on Wednesday promoting his brain implant company Neuralink, and he said he expects to start testing on humans in six months. Neuralink implants allow the brain to control certain actions on computers, but so far the only subjects who have been implanted are animals. 
Furthermore, Neuralink isn't really that far ahead in its field, which is full of other research groups aiming to restore function to individuals with paralysis or other disabilities. What Neuralink does have that its competitors don't is insane claims from Elon Musk, like his suggestion in 2020 that Neuralink devices could give people, quote, superhuman vision if I guess they'd rather put wires into their brains than buy binoculars. Musk's six-month timeline is probably overly optimistic. Human trials would require FDA approval after a full evaluation of the risks involved in getting Neuralinked. You know that, like, thing that I feel like parents say where it's like, if they jumped into the lake, like, would you do that? Like, it's like, if Elon Musk does this shit, if you would do that too, go line up, go do it. I would love the Elon fanboys to all just get in line do their little brain implant, and then I don't even know. I can't imagine. Whatever happens, happens. May the odds ever be in your favor. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's a great way to say that politely. Yes, RT, what Trippel said. <laughs> and those are the headlines. We'll be back after some ads to discuss the latest updates in the world of celebrity soda endorsements. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay. This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash wad. It's Friday, Wad Squad, and today we're doing a segment called Bad Sound. Take a listen to today's clip. Nice. Ooh, naughty. Pepsi and milk. Pilk. Mmm, that is one dirty soda. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We're like a full Mm-mm. cringe Mm-mm. right now. Oh my god! Yeah, Lita, our producer, just put in the chat uh, that the clip is so much worse without the video. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> okay, so what everyone is missing from this is that visual. It's of Lindsay Lohan in a Santa-themed outfit pouring milk into a glass of Pepsi. Then she drinks it, and there's on-screen text that reads "Pilk and cookies." <laughs> The new ad campaign borrows from what else but a trend on TikTok. The trend centers around so-called dirty sodas, which are soft drinks plus creams and flavored syrups, and were first popularized by young Mormons. Lohan is just ramping up her Hollywood comeback after over 10 years away from movies, so her choice to pause and promote dairy and Pepsi mixtures is a choice. But Priyanka, what are your thoughts here? I'm so intrigued. What do you got? I mean, I'm still reeling from that clip, to be honest with you. Um, First thing, dirty soda, not what I thought dirty soda was. (laughs) I have a very different definition. You might too. I don't know. That, That was just not what my understanding was. Second of all, who can drink this? Like, I'm sorry. I don't think I've had dairy milk in... I don't even want to count how many years. (laughs) Who among us can even digest that? This is all disgusting and sick and wrong to me. (laughs) Travel, what are your thoughts? You know, I will confirm that I, too, had a different understanding of what a dirty soda or a dirty Sprite, if you will, is, was, um, and it does not involve creams and flavored syrups. Well, a flavored syrup, but like Robitussin, you know, like. That feels like they didn't run this ad by people (laughs) who knew. They didn't. They didn't have any folks of color behind the scenes, I'm sure. Nope. But what I do want to note is it kind of sounds root beer float-ish, But, like, this isn't ice cream. But disgusting. But disgusting. Also, it's Pepsi. No shade. I'm a Coca-Cola girl. Yeah. Um, So if I'm going to choose any soda, it won't be Pepsi. And this ad definitely doesn't convince me to go pick up that blue can. Yeah, listen. All love to Lindsay Lohan's career resurgence. Great for her. Get that money. That's great. Uh, But what (laughs) the fuck did we just listen to? I'm so confused. (laughs) And that was Bad Sound. Make sure you drink Pilkin cookies at your own risk. thing before we go we are excited to announce that we are dropping a special bonus episode of wad tomorrow it is an extended version of our episode this week commemorating the late shirley chisholm the first black woman elected to congress and the first woman to seek a major party nomination for president our co-host juanita tolliver sat down with representatives ayanna presley and barbara lee and chisholm biographer dr anastasia kerwood about her trailblazing life and legacy you don't want to miss this, and you can check out some video highlights on our Instagram at What A Day. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, keep your skull away from Elon Musk, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just dirty soda recipes like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. 
I'm Priyanka Aravindi. I'm Trayvell Anderson. And, and pass, pass the, the pilk and cookies. cookies. Oh my God. Please do not keep that all to yourselves. I was say, pass it in the direction away from me. Yeah, please. Ethan, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>Wood well, Today is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein. And our executive producers are Lita Martinez, Michael Martinez, and Sandy Gerard. Production support comes from Leo Duran, Ari Schwartz, and Matt DeGroote. With additional promotional and social support from Ewa Okulate, Julia Beach, and Jordan Silver. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois.